Thank you for joining us here at His Hardline. You can find us at www.hisheartline.com. With God at the driver's seat, I am Jason, your co-host. You're listening to 1% or less with him. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Happy Wednesday. It is February 23rd, 2022, and I just want to say thank you for joining me here at His Heart Line. I am Jason. I am the co-host with God and Jesus Christ at the captain's chair. They are in the driver's seat. They are the host. They're the ones that run this podcast. I am just simply the co-host. I'm the guy that pushes the buttons and just kind of gets the message out there, but at the end of the day, I follow their orders. And I just want to say welcome to 1% or less with him. Um, it's been one heck of a couple of weeks for me. It's been up and down and I've just had one just crazy day after another. Um, but anyways, with 1% or less, for those of you that might be new, we all have the same 1,440 day, uh, 40 minutes in a day. 1% of that is just a little under 15 minutes. And if we can spend at least 15 minutes with our Lord, with God, in the Bible, reading at least one chapter, and with that, doing a little praying, you know, that's not a whole lot to ask. You know, considering all that God has gifted us and has graced us with, you know, at the end of the day, it really isn't a whole lot. 15 minutes is not a lot to ask. And, you know, if if we pray to God, you know, we can't just pray and that's it, you know, and ask and, and, and lay all our, you know, lay everything down to God and, and expect him to take care of everything. I mean, think about it. You know, it's like uh, it's like your children, right? If you're if you're a parent, and your child, you know, is always asking you for this, that and the other. Right. Eventually, you're going to kind of stop because if they're not going to sit there, you know, if they're not going to acknowledge you or respect you or. Or listen to you, right? I mean, listen, truly listen to you. If you're asking them to do something, like, listen, Johnny, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take you to, you know, the amusement park if you're not gonna listen to me when I'm asking you to clean your room or do your homework, right? Now, I know it's kind of a silly comparison, but you know, to put it in a worldly perspective, that's kind of, you know, how it is. You're not gonna want to continue to, you know, grace your, your, your children with. Um, with, uh, you know, privileges like that, right? If they're not going to listen to you and they're not going to give you the time of day, well, that's the same thing with us. Now, I'm not saying God's going to ignore us if we don't read the Bible, right? Or or we don't pray to him. Clearly, he works in many, many ways, in ways that even I don't even understand yet, or maybe I might not ever understand. However, it still doesn't negate the fact that we should, we, we that we shouldn't just, live life idly and just expect that he's going to have our backs because he's God, right? He loves everybody. I mean, you've heard that old saying out there, God help them who help themselves first, right? You got to participate in your own rescue. And so I encourage everybody and I challenge everybody to read at least one chapter a day. I do it daily. I work 12, 13 hours a day. I wake up at 2 a.m. I do everything I can to make sure I get that in first thing in the morning. Why? Because that's my breakfast. Literally, that's my breakfast. I eat nothing physical. That's my breakfast, is reading. Reading the Bible. So today, we're going to start with chapter 23. And it's going to read like this. When you sit down to dine with a ruler, mark well the one who is before you. Stick the knife in your gullet if you have a ravenous appetite. Do not desire his delicacies. It is food that deceives. Do not wear yourself out to gain wealth. Cease to be worried about it. 
When your glance flights to it, it is gone, for assuredly it grows wings like the eagle that flies toward heaven. Do not take food with unwilling host, and do not desire their delicacies, for like something stuck in the throat is that food. Eat and drink, they say to you, but their hearts are not with you. The little you have eaten, you will vomit up, and you will have wasted your agreeable words. Do not speak in the hearing of fools. They will despise the wisdom of your words. Do not remove the ancient landmark, nor invade the fields of the fatherless. For their Redeemer is strong. He will defend their cause against you. Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. Do not withhold discipline from youths. If you beat them with the rod, they will not die. Beat them with the rod and you will save them from Sheol. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart also will rejoice, and my inmost being will exult when your lips speak what is right. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but only those who always fear the Lord, for you will surely have a future, and your help will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the right way. Do not join with wine-bibbers, nor with those who glut themselves on meat. For drunkards and gluttons come to poverty, and lazing about clothes, one in rags. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth and do not sell. Wisdom, instruction, understanding. The father of a just person will exalt greatly. Whoever begets a wise son will rejoice in him. Let your father and mother rejoice. Let her who bore you exult. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my ways. For the harlot is a deep pit and the foreign woman a narrow well. Yes, she lies in wait like a robber and increases the number of faithless who scream, who shout, who have strife, who have anxiety, who have wounds for nothing, who have bleary eyes, whoever lingers long over wine whoever goes around quaffing wine do not look on the wine when it is red when it sparkles in the cup it goes down smoothly but in the end it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder your eyes behold strange sights and your heart utters incoherent things you are like one sleeping on the high seas sprawled out at the top of the mast they struck me but it did not pain me they beat me but it, i did not feel it when can i get up when can I go out and get more? That concludes the reading of chapter 23. So, where are we at with this? So, a couple things that I notated here as I was reading this. In verse 4, do not wear yourself out to gain wealth. Cease to be worried about it. Now, I know there may be different interpretation and perceptions of this verse to some of the Bible scholars out there. However, I see this verse, in my view, is to literally not worry about gaining wealth. I've always been told by many people who were well off financially that they did not get blessed the way that they did by strictly putting their nose to the grindstone and went to work on an endeavor they knew would make them, you know, make them a lot of money. The same theme keeps repeating and that consensus is always the same. And what is that? I always hear the same and some, you know, somewhat different words, but pretty much the same message. Just follow your heart and pursue what you have a talent and a passion to do. When you do something you love for the true intent of doing it out of joy and love, the blessings of God pour in in many different forms, including the increase of wealth in a lot of cases. But it's not worth it to just pursue wealth 
and wear yourself out in a job or a career you know pays well, when all it will do in the end is create a heartache and a loss of your time with those that matter, such as like family and or pursuing a passion that you have a God-given talent in. You know, if you're consumed with making a ton of money, anybody can make a ton of money and gain wealth, but at what cost? You have to ask yourself that. Verse 7, I really like this one too. Eat and drink, they say to you, but their hearts are not with you. This right here is the epitome of surrounding yourself with fake people. This is one of the primary reasons why my beautiful wife and I don't surround ourselves with tons of friends, a.k.a. acquaintances. When we do that, it always seems to lead down the same trails with most people. Not all, but in most. And that's with some sort of falling out because of, you know, a disingenuous person who is basically only a friend of convenience to you instead of being an actual true friend. Right? We all have that. We all know people like that. We probably have a lot of them in our lives. And it's no wonder that we hear so many people that are much seasoned in life that say to us that if you have just one true friend, then you are one of the lucky ones. Because finding true friends, that is a mutual friend, that, that you know, that everything in that friendship is mutual. And that friendship is almost kind of like family, right? They're almost even better than family. It's a very hard thing to come by. However, it does exist. Fortunately, my wife, you know, her and I are very much alike. And finding a good true friend is a very challenging thing, not because we're unlikable people or because we're difficult people to get along with. I think we're both pretty easy going. In fact, a lot of people typically like us. However, I don't know what it is, but maybe just, I don't know, maybe just, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But for some reason, it just seems like some of the fake flaky people out there you know, and maybe it's them, you know, there's so many flaky people out there that they can't hold to their words or they can't stick to plans or they can't, you know, they, they, they're only friends when it's, you know, beneficial to them or convenient for them. And my wife became so lucky to have that with one of our neighbors next door, Elizabeth. And they have an awesome friendship. We do game night just about every week. You know, she comes over for coffee. I mean, she is basically family. She is like a sister to my wife. Now, be very careful who you consider a friend, because sometimes most of those so-called friends typically stab you in the back and gossip behind your back, while at the same time acting cordial to your face. So be aware. Verse 17, do not let your heart envy sinners, but only those who always fear the Lord. Listen, those whom one admires or associates with exercises enormous influence you know you you don't want to join the wicked who are a doomed group at the end of the day the warning is repeated in verses um in chapter 24 verses 1 through 2 and 19 through 20 which we'll read tomorrow but at the end of the day the sinners are on the losing end of the fight if they are not rooted in christ within their heart there's nothing to envy there especially when it comes to those who are living with an intentional sin. What's there to envy? And then, this is kind of a grouping as one, verses 31 through 35. Do not look on wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, it goes down smoothly, but in the end it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes behold strange sights, and your heart utters incoherent things. You are like one sleeping on the high seas, sprawled at the top of the mast. 
They struck me, but it did not pain me. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When can I get up? When can I go out and get more? Now, if that isn't clear enough, it seems to be to me to be pretty clear that these five verses are discussing what heavy drink does to the mind and body. Not to mention what it can do to your life if you make the wrong choice with being incoherent. Like, for example, getting behind the wheel of a vehicle and potentially wrecking it into an innocent driver on the road and killing them. When you completely inebriate yourself with alcohol to the point to where you can't even remember what's going on and you black out, these verses clearly describe just how terrible you feel. I'm sure many of you out there who were heavy drinkers, maybe some some of you still are, not judging. Listen, I like to enjoy a margarita too still. I like to enjoy a couple of them. But I won't drink like I used to where I just get completely plastered. All right. But those of you who know what I'm talking about, when you drink that much and you go to lay down on your bed and you close your eyes, the minute you close your eyes, you get the case of the room spins just right before you pass out. And if you don't pass out and you get the case of the room spins so badly, look out, porcelain throne, you're coming, right? With a vengeance. Hopefully you can make it. Does that verse sound familiar in your life? After a hard night of drinking? Trust me, sounds familiar to me. I've had many of those nights and back in my day. Had a few of them, quite a few of them back in 2020, as a matter of fact, when COVID was at its height and we didn't know what the heck was going on. Yeah, you're right. You, you better believe I was drinking pretty heavy. Believe me, I was. But not anymore. Again, I still like to enjoy a margarita. Yes. I like to enjoy some wine. Yes. But at the end of the day, At the end of the day, I do not want to drink like that because I hate the way it makes me feel. Just like the verse says, you are like the one sleeping on high seas sprawled at the top of the mast. Clearly, we shouldn't be abusing the body temple by tying one on and getting plastered. So anyway, that is verse or chapter 23 in Proverbs. Tomorrow we'll be doing 24 and... Thank you for joining me with 1% or less with him. We are at 14 minutes and 40 seconds coming up. And so we are going to close this out. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful night. And we will see you next time. Till then, I'm signing off. I want to say thank you again for joining us here at His Heart Line. You just listened to 1% or less with him. Don't forget you can find us at www.hishardline.com.